0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. we look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, When He hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. It shall be focused on the study of Job chapter 23. Before we go any further, we begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And as we read here, Job saying, That my foot has held his steps, and his way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. We thank thee, Lord, for his vision, and recognizing that when you have been done trying him, he shall come forth as pure gold. Father, may you purify us that your word, the refiner's fire. Lord, purify our hearts and like gold and precious silver, and beat out all the dross and the worldliness out of us. Until, Father, you have taken all the room that's in our hearts. And Father, we put on the mind of Christ, and that you might take preeminence in all of our beings. In the name of thy son Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen up next we shall listen to Job chapter 23
1: chapter 23 then Job answered and said even today is my complaint bitter my stroke is heavier than my groaning oh that I knew where I might find him that I might come even to his seat I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments I would know the words which he would answer me, and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. There the righteous might dispute with him. So should I be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him, he hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth a thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore I am troubled at his presence. When I consider, I am afraid of him. For God maketh my heart soft, and the Almighty troubleth me. Because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither hath he covered the darkness from my face.
0: Up next,
1: we shall listen
0: to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Show Us the Father and It Will Satisfy Us. This was preached in 1953 on June the 11th. We'll begin at paragraph 44 up to paragraph 88. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing.
2: Now let's just see if we can find God tonight in, in our midst now. Let's take of God in about three or four different ways and see if we can find Him. Let's speak of God first in His universe. Let's speak of God in His Word, God in His Son, and then God in His people and see if we can find him here tonight. Now, I'm going to take those four subjects there and try to talk on them just for a few moments to see if we can see the Father. Every man since the dawn of time has longed to see God. want to look at him. Job one time said, Oh, if I only knew where he was. In other words, if I knew where to go and knock on his door and he'd open up the door and I'd come in and sit down and talk with him. That's the way people want to see God. And yet God was so close to Job till he was speaking to him. And a little later he said, Now, gird up your loins. I'm going to speak to you like a man. And God came down in a whirlwind and began to speak to Job. And Job began to see the uh, flowers and nature. I want to speak on his universe first because that was my first Bible. My people wasn't religious. And I, my first Bible was the universe, watching God. I don't believe there's any man that's got his right mind, or woman, that could look in the face of a flower and say there is no such a thing as God. I believe it would show a mental deficiency on, on the, the part of the person that could look at a big, beautiful cow lily and say there's no such a thing as God, while well, all the science we got in the world can't even make one little blade of grass. That's right they can make something that looks like it, but they can't make the grass because it's got life in it, see? Just how, how great God is and how people look way over the top. I think if you'll listen to this closely tonight now, and we'll get our minds right down. Divine healing will be so simple for you after you see where God is and who He is. Now, Job, he watched the flowers and he seen how they would die and raise again and then they would uh, die and raise again. And again, in the 14th chapter of Job, he said... But if, when a man dies, he giveth up the ghost, yea, wastes away, and his son's come to mourn his death. And where is he? He's gone. No one. He doesn't rise again. But he said, now You take the little flower on it. Here are you women around here with your flower beds. They're beautiful. I admire them as I go through the streets and look at them. At a motel where I've been staying out here, a uh, beautiful flower garden. And now, if you'll notice, This fall, some of them will be young, some will be old flowers. But when frost strikes it, it's death, that's all, whether they're young or old. And that's the way death is to the human race. It strikes young and old just alike. No matter who you are, when death strikes, it's going to take you where you're an infant or where you're just in the adolescent age, the bloom of life, or where you're old or whatever it is, death, no respect to person. It comes to all. Well, when death strikes a little flower you notice it bows its little head, just as reverent. The petals drop off, and the leaves drop off, and a little black seed falls out. Then they have a funeral procession. The rains come and cry down in the fall of the year and bear the little fellow. And then the first thing you know, the freeze comes. Maybe the little seed is laying about that deep or in the ground where the fall's rains, beard it. And then after a while, the the real cold spell comes and it freezes. Then the little old seed freezes, the pulp runs out of it, the seed bursts open, the pulp runs out. And then the winter continues on through the blizzards and blizzard after blizzard. Then after a while along, about February, last of February, first of March, the stalk's gone, the bulb's gone, the seed's gone, the pulp's gone, the petal's gone, the flower's gone. Everything there is is gone. Is that the end of that flower? No, sir. Just let that sun begin to warm that earth again, and that flower will live again. Why? There's a germ of life in that flower that no man can find or no winter can freeze out. God has made it in His own uh, way, and that little germ of life is preserved in that ground, and that flower will live again. Well, if God made a way for a flower to live again, what about a man who's made in His image? There's a way somewhere for that uh, to live again. Here not long ago, I was sitting with old Dr. Spurgeon, an old Methodist minister. Now, he's a real good old brother. We were sitting eating some ice cream together. The agriculture hour has come. A little 4-H club now has, has got a, um, a little machine that turns out corn. The agriculture hour, they had it. And that little old, many farmers who are sitting here probably know of it. And that machine will run out a grain of corn so perfect, that you can take a handful out of the sack that was run out of the machine and a handful out of the sack that was grown in the field and mix them together. You couldn't tell them apart if you had to. And this over here at the machine run will make just as good a corn meal as this one will. It'll make the same kind of corn flakes. You take and cut it open and put them in the laboratory, perhaps the skin will look that thick under the microscope, the heart's in the right place, put it under the analysis and it'll be the same amount of potash, the same amount of calcium, the same amount of moisture. Just exactly the same. There's no way in the world of telling it. Only one way. Bury them. The one that man made just rots away, and that's all of it. The one that God made's got a germ of life in it, and it reproduces itself again. Listen, a man can stand, both of them going to church, and both of them professing Christianity, but except this man's born again of the Spirit of God, it's finished. That's all there is to it and there's a germ of life that comes into a man that he lives again because God has germatized his spirit by Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God. Amen. Certainly. Watch God in any way you want to. Job began to wonder why that man lay down. And it didn't rise up. He didn't see him come up in the spring, but he seen the flower come up in the spring. Well, then when Elihu came to him and began to speak to him, he said, Now look, Job, you're accusing God wrong. He said, Now look, that flower... That flower has not sinned. It stands right in the way that God made it. And it reproduces itself right back from death to resurrection, death to resurrection. All right. He said, now, but man sinned, and that separated him from God in resurrection. So he said, but there's coming a just one. Amen. There's coming one who will stand in the breach for this sinner. That I put his hand on a sinful man, the holy God, and bridged the way. Oh my. Job noticed it. He was a prophet, sitting on the ash sheep. He got up, shook himself. He'd been scraping his boils. And he got up and shook himself, said, I know my Redeemer liveth. The lightnings begin to flash. The thunders begin to roar. The prophet got lined up with God. See? I know my Redeemer liveth, liveth his continuation. At the last days he'll stand upon the earth, and though the worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself. Mine eyes shall behold, and not another. I believe he did that at the resurrection. And at the resurrection, every person that's born to the Spirit of God will come forth in the resurrection. I believe that it'll be just as we are here. You be little man, big man, and and red-headed, and black-headed, and whatever you are. Now, a lot of people think everybody would look just the same. God's a God of variety. He has white flowers, blue flowers, red flowers, pink flowers, big trees, little trees, big mountains, little mountains, plains. He's a God of variety. And uh, the principle of Christianity is based upon resurrection, not reincarnation. Resurrection. If this belongs right here, this slip. And I'll drop that down. Now that doesn't mean take this and put it in his place. That isn't resurrection. No matter, it looks just exactly like it, but that isn't it. Resurrection is to go down and get the same one and bring it up. The same Jesus that went into the grave, the same Jesus come out of the grave. That's right. It's a resurrection. God made angels. Mama used to tell me I'd be an angel when I died. I found out God never made me an angel. He made me a man, and I'll always be a man. I'll never be an angel. God made angels. And he made seraphims, and he made, he made trees, he made men, and we're, it's just resurrection. That's what it is, what Jesus Christ proved. Now, to the Mohammedans and their superstitions and whatever it is, yet God in his universe proves to us that the Christian religion is right because it's based on resurrection. Watch everything else, how it resurrects this whole creation. Now, look at God and see if we can look at him. Here not long ago, a little boy was going to Sunday school down in our city. And a, to a very prominent church, and he, he heard so much about God, so he said to his mother, he said, Mother, I want to ask you something. She said, um, Could anybody see God? He said, He's so great, I, I'd like to know if somebody could see. Why? She said, Sonny, ask your Sunday school teacher. So he asked the Sunday school teacher, and he, she said, Well, I don't know. She said, You better ask the pastor. So the, um, the, uh, the pastor was coming home with him for lunch, and he said, Pastor, i asked to ask you a question. said, can uh, anyone see God? Oh, he said, no, of course not. Why, he said, no man can see God. said, no one can see Him. Well, the little fellow was disappointed. And he used to stay down on the river. We lived near the Ohio River, and he used to go with an old fisherman up the river, a piece towards the Six Mile Island, a uh, fishing all the time. And one day, after a big rain along this time of year, he was coming, pulling down through the waters, you know, and any boatman knows how the music is that after the rain is over and the little bitty waves on the water and let your oars clip across it as you're pulling your boat, he was clipping along like that. The old fisherman had a long white beard, he began to look over his shoulder, and where the sun come out, where the rain had been, made a rainbow. And he'd pull the oars on, he'd turn around and look. The little fellow noticed tears dripping off his white beard as it dropped down. He'd pull a little farther, he looked back. The old little boy He's sitting in the bow of the boat, so he run up in the, towards the stern of the boat. He said, Sir, I'm going to ask you a question my mother can't answer, my Sunday school teacher, I'm my pastor. He said, God is so great. He said, Can anyone see him? And the old fisherman pulled his oars into his lap, threw his hands into his face like that, and wept out, grabbed the little fellow and hugged him. He said, God bless your little heart, honey. All I've seen for the past 35 years has been God. There's so much God on the inside, you can see Him on the outside if He gets on the inside. The old fellow was just so full of God in here, everything he looked at, he seen God in it. you got to get God in here in order to see God outside. You remember when he was first converted? Oh, how different things looked. The trees looked different. and The birds had a sound like they never had before. Is that right? God had just come in here. God's speaking out in His universe. How marvelous He is. How I, I love to watch Him in His nature. God, how He, he provides things. Of of the year, sometimes I go up into the north woods and go hunting. And I notice up there on the lakes, these little ducks come up from down in the south and go up there and make their nest on this lake. And they, the little ducks are raised there. They're hatched out. Well, about long, about September, it gets cold. And the first breeze comes down across the mountain there and real cold breeze Well, them little ducks now he's never left this lake it was born right there on this lake and there's one of those little ducks in that group as a leader a little drake. and when that wind begins to blow down across through there that little fellow will run right out there in the middle of that lake stick that little honker of his up in the air and honk four or five times and every duck on the pond will come to him and what he'll do, you do? He's never been off that lake. He was born there in the spring. It's fall of the year. He'll raise right up off of that lake and go just as straight to Texas as he can go to the rice fields without a compass or anything. What is it? God working in His nature, working among His animals. If God give a duck enough sense to know how to get out of the cold weather, what ought to do to a man that's born again of the Spirit of God? Watch God among His ducks, or among His... Is is animals? You take, for instance, like you little reading in the newspaper and it says tomorrow it's going to be a it's going to be a pretty day. And watch that old hog go south, go over on the other side of the hill on the north side, bring them shucks around on the south side, and make her bed. Don't you pay an inch what the newspaper's talking about? That hog knows more about it than what the newspaper ever could know about it. It's going to get cold weather. You go hunt. And watch those rabbits getting back under those shelters and things like that. Look out for rainy weather. See? God working in His nature. Don't you believe He does? Yes. Look at Him in His sunset. You'll notice the sunset. Here some time ago, I was up in Colorado. It was early in the fall and we were hunting. Oh, how I love to get into those mountains. My, after all those hard meetings, I go way back and get on a horse about 35 miles from civilization, way back across the rocky peaks by myself, just take a couple of pack horses and take off. Get back there, not so much to hunt the animal, but to be alone with God, right out among His nature. That's where I see Him. And I remember that year, specifically, it had been kind of a warm season. The snow hadn't come high yet to run the elk down. I was way high, way up around almost in the shale rock. I was walking along through the evergreens that day, and it'll storm a while, and then it'll snow a while, and then the sun will come out, the fall weather up high in the mountains. Come up a storm, a real severe storm, and I got in behind a tree, waiting there just a little bit, till the storm blew over. And the first thing you know, the twister went through. Now, if the storm let up, I got out from behind the tree and I stood there, way back in the west. The sun was beginning to go across the crevices of the rock, peeping through that great all seen eye of God, moving down like that. Now notice where the evergreens, and strolls where the rain had been. It formed a rainbow across the valley. Brother, you talk about deep, calling to the deep. I looked at that. I set my rifle against a tree. I raised up my hands. I said, oh, great Jehovah. How wonderful. I've seen the rainbow. Could you see God in the rainbow? Certainly. God gave that as a covenant; He had no more destroy the world with water. God was in the rainbow. Then I see it in Revelation one, when the rainbow was across the throne where Jesus was standing, a covenant God had made with the people. He was to look upon a jasper and Sardustone, stone. The first, the last, He that was, which is, and shall come, the root and offspring of David, the morning star. Of the rainbow, seven church ages, the covenant made with his own blood that he had save the people that would call on his name. Oh, how marvelous! I looked at that. Tears begin to run down my cheeks. I listened way over here. The elk herd it all got scattered during the time of the storm. The old males had bugle, you know, and you can hear them bugling one to another. My mother's a half breed, a half Cherokee Indian. And there's just enough about me to make me love that nature. Something down in there calling out my conversion didn't even get to it. Look! Then an old gray wolf on the mountain began to howl, and its mate answered in the bottom, You talk about crying. Something took place. I couldn't hold myself still. It was God to me screaming through his nature. Yes! I believe God is in his universe.
0: As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, for Your Word. We thank Thee, Lord, that You are in Your universe. And to see Job, Father, recognizing that the plant life resurrects and has a way to live again, but man has not. But Father, when Your Holy Spirit had given him revelation as Your prophet, to recognize that he knows that his Redeemer liveth. Father, for You are the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So we thank Thee for the sacrifice that You took and died in our stead. May we, Father, take that propitiation for our sins and present it to Thee and not come with a sacrifice of works, and pumpkins and like Cain did, but, Father, to bring the way that You provided for us to Thee. In the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.